Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From the blackest corners of your mind, they call, pulling you deep into shadow, twisting your senses, keeping you from sleep. It's time to face your darkest fears. This is Tales to Terrify. Good evening, children of the night, and welcome. I'd like to take a minute to step back from talking to you as Drew the host, and talk to you for a second just as Drew the person, to just be totally real for a moment. I think it would be too easy to pretend everything's normal right now, business as usual. It's been a while since normal has been a thing. But the recent events in the U.S. have created so much hurt and heartbreak, so much outrage and frustration, it'd be, well, totally irresponsible, really, to not acknowledge it. When you've got a public voice reaching thousands of ears every week, like we do on this podcast, I feel it's our responsibility to use that voice to defend what's right and just. And while our main purpose as a fiction podcast 
is to offer up dark tales to add a little entertainment to your life, and maybe even a distraction from the troubles of everyday life. Sometimes the horrors of the real world eclipse those of the imagination. And it'd be irresponsible of us to not use our voice to speak up against oppression, violence, and intolerance. Silence isn't an option. Black lives matter. Diversity matters. Acceptance and equality. Tolerance and love for one another. They matter. Without kinship, without kindness, without compassion, we don't make it. We can't make it. I truly believe that horror at its core is about standing together against the darkness, the unknown and the evil, the dangerous and despicable. It's about fighting for all of the good things that define what it means to be human. I hope we can all stand together in this dark time, lose our biases, acknowledge and challenge our prejudices, and use our place of privilege to spread a message of support and love, not just with our voices, but with our actions. With that said, this week we're going to skip the housekeeping and the other intro bits and just take a moment before our fiction. If you'd like to support some of the amazing black creators of horror, I've posted a link to a couple of great sources, and these are just a couple of the many out there. A list of black women horror authors curated by the Ladies of Horror Fiction, and a link to the fantastic Nightlight podcast. I encourage you to check both out when you have a chance. Our first story for the evening comes from James Harris. James Harris is a writer who works as an English teacher at numerous colleges in both Maryland and Kansas. He currently resides in Lawrence, where he and his wife fend off two demon cats named Todd and Ladybird. He is an aspiring author who hopes to break the mold of what horror means and is to the mainstream. You can find out more about James and his work at jamesharrisstories.com. Children of the Night, join me for James Harris's My Sweet Girl, a Tales to Terrify original. I was never one to notice the beautiful things in life. The way the daffodils bloomed out with thick petals and fuzzy buds, each and every butterfly as it flitted between trees, avoiding the eye of the robin nesting within the branches. The children, young, unconcerned with the state of the world, the inevitability of their deaths, cruising down the slides and fly off the swings. And I get to watch it all as I walk Cassandra through the park. Her stroller, the damn expensive thing, catches on the edge of the sidewalk and grass. I have to jerk it up, but she doesn't seem to notice. She barely opens her eyes. She stares up at me and she smiles. Such a beautiful smile. 
I can already tell the gorgeous girl she's going to be when she gets older. Hello, Cassandra. I make a face at her. Hello, my baby. Cassandra giggles. Loud cries of jubilation. Surprise, spoiled fun ring through the park. It is a sunny spring afternoon. Not a cloud in the sky, and the forecast predicted a high of 75. I park the stroller underneath a tree and reach into the bottom where her mother keeps the goldfish. In a bag, one I'm all too familiar with, I count 12 multicolored fishy crackers. I open it up and hand Cassandra three. She stuffs them in her mouth immediately, her two little buck teeth munching on the soft crackers. I smile because I can't help it. I feel like there's nothing in the world I love more than her smile. I kiss her forehead and begin to tickle her baby belly. She yells with glee, wiggling around like a worm. I pat her on the head, rustle her hair like my father used to rustle mine, and glance around the park. Nothing too concerning. An average day. I'm out here every Sunday afternoon. But today is special. Today is a very special day. Cassandra begins to scrunch her face as if she had just smelled something foul. She cries, holding out her arms and flailing them. Oh no, shush, 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 I whisper. Poor baby, what's wrong? I stick my index finger into her mouth and she sucks on it. That's better, isn't it, baby? Cassandra glares up at me with large sapphire eyes, and the curves of her lips twitch upwards. There we go now. I tickle her tummy again. She laughs. I glance at my watch and think about how it's been a while now, and still nothing. Good. A perfect day with a perfect little girl. She's my first. And who knows if I'll have the opportunity to have more. You know how tough it can be. It's my fault. It's totally and completely my fault. I accept that. A couple walks by with a stroller of their own and nods towards me and Cassandra. I nod back and gently pull on Cassandra's arm so that it looks like she's waving too. I straighten out, my knees getting old and squeaky, crack and pop on the way up. The sun beams especially hard, and the shade of the tree has shifted slightly. I pull the cover on top of the stroller over so that it crinkles over like an umbrella. No good if she were to get a sunburn. God forbid. She's a real cutie, an elderly woman walks by. She carries purple weights with her. Her brown, graying hair bounces near her neck. Wrinkles as deep as the Grand Canyon develop and disappear as she speaks. Thanks, I tell her. I think I'll keep her. The old woman laughs and continues to walk on by, pumping her hands as if she were holding 50-pound weights instead of five. All right, Cassandra. You think you're ready to go home? I can't see her face fully, but I hear her coo and I see her legs kick. <sighs> Good girl. I grab the handles of the stroller and push us back onto the sidewalk. What a nice day, I say to myself. We don't do that enough. We don't acknowledge the good, do we? We talk about the bad, the shit, the rain, the horror. But do we ever take a walk in the park with a child and just appreciate the good? No, we don't. And it feels damn good 
I feel damn good. Better than I'd felt in a while. My car, an older Honda Passport, sits a hundred feet from where we're at. Almost there. The sun beating on my forehead is starting to make me sweat. It'll be nice to put Cassandra in the back seat, throw the stroller in the trunk, and blast the air conditioner all the way home. A child runs by, clutching a thin string. A Paw Patrol kite follows lazily behind. Seventy-five feet away. A man runs past us, checking his Fitbit. He wears exactly what you'd expect a man of thirty to wear while jogging in the park. Fifty feet away. I pull the keys from my front right pocket and press the unlock button. The lights in the front of my car flash twice. Twenty-five feet away. Almost there. I check behind me, to my left, and to my right, and see no one. I'm there. I'm yanking on the door handle, getting ready to unbuckle Cassandra and get her into the car. The whole time, I enjoyed myself. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't worried. But walking to the car, I'm sweating bullets. Seconds away from leaving. I close the door and she's in safely. Ah, fuck the stroller. I'll leave it here. I don't feel good about this. Something seems wrong. I open my door, thrust myself into the car, and slide the key into the ignition. I close the door, disengage the emergency brake, and shift the car into reverse. And then I see the light. Red and blue. Yep. I should have expected that. It had been too easy. The police yank the car doors open. They grab my Cassandra. A woman, most definitely her mother, screams. My Ellie! My Ellie! Thank God, my Ellie! An officer by the name of Banks grabs me by the back of the neck and hauls me out. You have the right to remain silent, he says. I ignore the rest. Well, it was a valiant effort. I should have known it wouldn't have been that easy. I turn my head to see my sweet girl one last time. She's enveloped in her mother's arms. I've never seen the woman in my life, but I hate her. I hate her with all of my heart. She took away my sweet girl. And I swear, one day, I'll get her back. Cassandra, I yell. My baby, you be a good girl, you hear? I'll be back for you. I'll be back. I'm forced into the cop car, and the door slams behind me. Cassandra, I whisper. Cassandra. The car drives off. The last I see of my sweet girl is her beautiful sapphire eyes. They are glowing, saying goodbye to me. Her love. Her true love. I glance at my fingers. I thank God Officer Banks tied my hands up with zip ties, and in the front of me no less. I stick my index finger in my mouth and taste the dirt of a sunny Sunday afternoon. I can't feel her spit on it, but I know the germs. She's there. And I enjoy the connection more than she'll ever know.
That was James Harris's My Sweet Girl, as read by a new voice here on the podcast, Austin Stern. Austin Stern is a 22-year-old part-time college student from southwestern New Mexico and newcomer to all things narration. This is his debut work as a narrator, and he thanks you for having him. And thank you, Austin. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Our second story comes from Brenda Kazar. Brenda Kazar is a horror, fantasy, and science fiction writer and member of the Horror Writers Association. She lives on the dark tundra of North Dakota with her muse, an evil corgi named Honey Boo Boo. Her short fiction has appeared in numerous anthologies and magazines, including Dark Moon Digest, Daily Science Fiction, Silver Thought, Welcome to Miskatonic University, Zombie Days, Festivities of the Flesh Eaters, and many others. To learn more, visit brendakazar.com. Listen with me, children of the night, to Brenda Kazar's Star Jelly, first published July 2016. A clot of lavender slime quivered on the roof of the gingerbread cottage bird feeder in Anna's yard. It oozed over the side and hung suspended, half on, half off, then fell into the scrubby beach grass with a plop. It shivered weakly. Poor little jellyfish, she sighed. The sooner she put it out of its misery, the sooner she could go back in the house. 
and dive into the job ads. Miss Buckley! A high-pitched shriek filled the air, and her heart convulsed. She had chosen not to renew her contract at the end of the school year, although chose wasn't quite the right word. After recovering from a gunshot wound at the hands of one of her own ten-year-old students, the joyous squeals of children caused her to break into a cold sweat. She regarded children with the same cold dread that other people felt toward needles or spiders. Miss Buckley! Lindsay, the neighbor girl, ran down the beach toward Anna, her auburn pigtails bobbing as she dodged lumps of purple goo. Holy buckets, Anna whispered, looking beyond her yard for the first time. She had assumed the glob on the bird feeder was a random, strange occurrence. A jellyfish managed to squirm out of the mouth of an overhead gull, perhaps. But similar globs lay scattered across the beach and some were as large as steamer trunks. Isn't it cool? The guys... Lindsay tripped and fell to her knees beside a soccer ball-sized glob. It trembled and rolled closer to her. Anna's heart leapt into her throat, but Lindsay sprang to her feet again and scampered over without so much as a backward glance. The guys on the radio are calling the stuff Star Jelly, Lindsay bellowed, dusting sand from her knees. Star Jelly, Anna whispered absently, her eyes locked on the now still glob. Had she imagined it moved? Yeah, they said it's a pretty rare phenomenon, Anna finished for her. She jumped at the loudness of her own voice, frowned, and glanced at the sky. Seagulls wheeled silently overhead, but more than the screech of gulls was missing. No buzz of sandflies, no pip-pip of sandpipers scurrying along the shore, no birdsong at all. The beach was deserted, except for the muted seagulls and the jellies, and the only sounds breaking the empty gray stillness were the whistling wind and crashing waves. Anna licked her lips. Her mouth had gone dry. Did that glob move? Lindsay looked back at the glob. It can't move, it's jelly, she snorted. The guys on the radio said it don't happen very often. Doesn't, Anna corrected. Lindsay scowled and ignored her. But sometimes it happens after meteor showers. You should go home. Anna crossed her arms. I want a closer look at those things. It's not your beach, Lindsay pouted. I can come if I want. Anna sighed. She would have to find a tactful way to get Meredith and Frank to keep Lindsay from bothering her all summer. For now, she could go back into the house until Lindsay grew bored and wandered off. But she wanted a closer look before the seagulls or the tide took the jellies away. Fine, but you better behave yourself. I'm not your babysitter. As they walked to the beach, Lindsay bounced beside her like an eager puppy. 
The radio said we weren't supposed to get a meteor shower, but we did. I wish I'd seen it, but I'm not allowed to stay up late. I've never seen a meteor, have you? I want to. I want to wish on one. Have you ever wished on a shooting star? Anna stopped short at the nearest jelly. A fish hung suspended inside it, like an insect in amber. What the? Cool! Lindsay glanced out at the ocean and then back at the glob. It must have fell out there and stuck to that fish. Many of the star jellies contained objects. Fish, crabs, starfish, even a jellyfish or two. A lobster pot filled with lobsters floated inside one of the larger ones. How did so many manage to land on something? Anna asked. Maybe they're sticky. Lindsay bent over, finger poised to poke at the nearest glob. Don't touch it! Anna slapped Lindsay's hand away. First surprise, then indignation flashed across Lindsay's face. She opened her mouth to protest, but a sharp squawk cut her off. A short distance down the beach, a gull struggled to pull its feet free of a bowling ball-sized glob. It thrashed its wings, threw its head back, and fired a staccato burst of squawks into the air, then whipped its head forward and plunged its beak into the glob. The jelly leapt up and encased the bird. Lindsay shrieked and turned to bolt, but Anna snagged her arm and yanked her back. Don't run! Her voice trailed off as a small jelly rolled by them. It rolled against a larger glob and melted into it, creating a larger jelly. Lindsay threw her arms around Anna's hips. What are they doing? I don't know. She took a deep breath and scanned the beach. We should go back to my house. We'll call your parents to come pick you up. Two more small jellies melted into the larger jelly. Lindsay's eyes widened. Are they going to chase us? Hold my hand and do what I tell you. Anna tried to keep her voice steady. As long as we are careful, we'll be okay. She forced a smile. Lindsay nodded and took her hand. On the way back to the house, they stopped several times to let jellies roll across their path. A few feet from Anna's yard, a soccer ball-sized glob stopped in front of them instead of rolling on like the others. Anna held her breath as the jelly turned and rolled against her shoe. She shoved Lindsay behind her while the jelly slowly curled around the toe of her shoe, exploring. It oozed over the top of her shoe, and the memory of the seagull popped in her head. She lifted her foot and gave it a gentle flip, hoping to shake the jelly loose, but it hung on. It crept forward and touched the top of her foot, first cold and wet, then burning, like the time she stepped on the rocks ringing a bonfire. She shrieked and kicked her foot. The jelly and her shoe flew off. 
and the jelly wobbled away with Anna's shoe protruding from its side. It met a larger glob and melted into it, shoe and all. Tiny specks of blood welled on Anna's foot. She cast a quick glance around to make sure no other jellies were coming at them, while Lindsay whimpered and sobbed beside her. Let's go. Anna grabbed Lindsay's hand. Double time. They made it across the beach and to the safety of the house. Once inside, Anna steered Lindsay to the couch. She kept a watchful eye out the picture window toward the beach while she dialed Lindsay's parents. A jelly the size of a Volkswagen rolled to the edge of the yard and waited while smaller jellies, including the one by the bird feeder, rolled over and melted into it. She grabbed the phone to call Lindsay's parents, but only got angry off-the-hook noises. She toggled the button three times with no change and slammed the phone back into its cradle. She flicked on the TV to static and rolling black lines. One of the jellies must have knocked her dish out of whack. Your parents aren't answering. Anna kicked off her remaining shoe and dug in the closet for another pair. I guess I'll have to drive you home myself. Lindsay gaped at Anna with wide, tear-filled eyes. I'm not going outside with the monsters. Anna opened her mouth to argue, but snapped it shut again when a shadow filled the room. She spun around and faced the picture window. The large jelly bumped against the outside sill. The sill was at least six feet off the ground. The house was elevated against tidal surge, and yet a foot of glob was still visible. It nuzzled the glass, as if confused by the invisible barrier, and then shot out a pseudopod and slapped the window hard enough to make the glass shudder. Anna jumped and stumbled, cracking her knees against the coffee table and sending a picture of her last class clattering to the floor. The pseudopod skipped across the glass with gritty, squeegee sounds that made her teeth ache. She fought the urge to run blindly from the sound and reached out for Lindsay. Come on, time to go. Lindsay hugged the throw pillow tighter and squeezed her eyes shut. I want Mommy to come and get me. Honey, I can't reach her. She's probably... Anna searched for something reassuring to say. She's probably loading the car to leave and waiting for you to come home, and she's probably worried sick. The squeegee noise stopped, and Anna glanced over her shoulder. The jelly had disappeared. She took Lindsay's hand and gave it a soft tug. Lindsay opened her eyes, her little face scrunched and worried. Can't we stay here? No, we have to go. Lindsay hesitated and then reluctantly got to her feet, still clutching the pillow to her chest. Anna led her to the door and watched out the sidelight for a few moments. Nothing moved but the grass in the wind. She tugged Lindsay through the door and half-dragged the girl down the steps. She opened the passenger door of her jeep 
and shoved Lindsay in, then hobbled to the driver's side. The rattle of gravel froze her in her tracks. A large purple glob, big enough to swallow the jeep whole, rolled up the driveway toward them. She jumped in and started the car while the glob closed the distance. Lindsay turned in her seat, her face twisted in terror. It's coming! Shh, Anna said, her eyes locked on the rearview mirror. The timing had to be just right. If she tried to drive away too soon, the glob would change direction and catch them. If she waited too long... The glob drew closer. Several smaller jellies rolled toward the car from the front of the house. I want to go home. Take me home, Lindsay wailed. Anna waited a second more before throwing the car in gear. The tires kicked gravel and the glob drew up short, confused. Anna cut the wheel sharply and spun the car around. The passenger side tires slid off the gravel drive and the jeep bogged down, sinking in the loose sand. Steady, old girl! Anna kept her foot evenly on the gas and the car pulled up out of the sand and onto the driveway again. She glanced in the rearview mirror as they turned onto the beach road. The glob remained back by the house, absorbing the smaller jellies. They're not following us, she said, and patted Lindsay's hand. Lindsay shook her head, her eyes glittering with tears. Those things were in my yard this morning, she whispered. Anna forced a smile. I'm sure your parents are fine. She exhaled and picked up speed. A few moments later, she glanced in the rearview mirror and genuinely smiled. A massive plume of dust rose from the road a half mile back and gaining. Look at that. I told you it would be okay. Somebody else made it out. Lindsay turned in her seat. It's Mr. Kinney's station wagon. A smile tugged at the corners of her mouth. Anna grinned and pulled the car over. Mr. Kinney had been in the military. If anyone could help them, he could. And it would be better if he took Lindsay back to her parents. She would be much safer with him. But Anna's smile faded when his car drew closer, swerving drunkenly from one side of the narrow road to the other. Anna reached for the shifter to get out of his way, just as Kinney's car somehow found the center of the road and roared by them, leaving a shower of gravel clattering in its wake. Lindsay huffed indignantly. Hey, he didn't stop! He could see we are okay. Anna tried to keep her voice from trembling. He must have been in a hurry to help someone else. She shifted the car into drive and pulled back on the road. Thankful Lindsay hadn't seen that the white-knuckled hands clutching the steering wheel protruded from a large purple jelly in the driver's seat. A few moments later, Anna pulled into Lindsay's driveway and parked behind Meredith's van. You stay here. Let me make sure everything's okay, Anna said. But Lindsay was already out of the car. 
By the time Anna reached the front door, Lindsay had already disappeared inside. Anna hesitated on the front steps and cautiously eyed the hallway. A vase of dried straw flowers sat on the hall table. A row of keys hung from the hooks by the door, and a decorative air freshener still sent tiny clouds of white lily fragrance into the air. Anna's head spun at the normalness of it all. Frank? Meredith? Anyone home? Anna called. A sliver of light shone from beneath the swinging door to her left. She pushed through the door and found Lindsay in the kitchen. Meredith must have been washing breakfast dishes when the egg-shaped jelly came through the open window over the sink. Her mouth hung open in a frozen scream. Her skin was fish-belly white, and her eyes were sunken, empty sockets. A pool of pink-streaked liquid leaked from beneath the glob. Lindsay stood a few feet away, with silent tears streaming down her face. Her arms were stiff at her sides, her hands clenched and unclenched. Anna laid a hand on Lindsay's shoulder and shook it gently. Come on, we have to go. No! Lindsay shook her head, and tears flew like shooting stars. She shrugged off Anna's hand and bolted for the living room. They found Frank on the living room couch, trapped inside a jelly twice the size of the one in the kitchen. The morning paper was twisted around his head. Stir, sky, fun, ma, the folded headline read. The newspaper ink streaked the inside of the glob with smoky veins. A cup of coffee still steamed on the table next to Frank and the stub of a cigarette still smoldered in the heavy glass ashtray. If only we'd gotten here sooner, Anna whispered. She snarled, grabbed the ashtray, and hurled it at the glob. It plunged in with a greasy bloop and hung suspended above Frank's lifeless form. The jelly didn't seem to notice. Let's go. Anna said softly. She took Lindsay's hand, expected her to resist, but she shuffled obediently as Anna led her away. We'll go into town, Anna said. Somebody there will know what to do. Lindsay stared straight ahead, her eyes vacant and glassy, her jaw slack, while Anna put her in the car. Anna tried to give her the throw pillow again, hoping it would comfort her, but Lindsay made no attempt to take it. Anna gave up and laid it in her lap. She drove down the winding beach road and up the ridge. From the higher vantage, the beach was purple with swarming jellies. Anna turned onto the main road and drove toward town. The drive was short, and they had seen no jellies since the beach but she still slowed the car and approached the town with caution. Mr. Goldman shuffled down Main, walking his little Bashan. Mrs. Clooney stood in front of her store, arranging her sidewalk displays to draw tourists into her knick-knack shop. 
Dusty slouched on the bench outside the diner, a scowl on his pimply face, and fiddled with his smartphone. Anna smiled. Everything was normal. The jellies hadn't fallen on the town. She patted Lindsay's leg. We're going to be okay. Lindsay's expression remained blank and vacant. Anna sighed and turned her eyes back to the road. She'd stop at Mrs. Clooney's and use her phone to call the sheriff. He might not believe her at first, but she'd tell him Lindsay's parents were dead and he'd have to investigate. Once he saw the situation for himself, he'd call in the authorities. They would stop the jellies before they reached town. She'd leave Lindsay with Mrs. Clooney, stop at Earl's and fill the tank, and then just keep driving. Where? She had no idea, but she was done with this town. She'd have a moving company send her stuff once she was settled somewhere far away. Anna pulled into a parking spot in front of the knick-knack shop. Mrs. Clooney looked up from her arranging, smiled, and waved. Anna waved back with one hand and reached for the door handle with the other. Something thumped on the roof, hard enough to rock the car, and a cantaloupe-sized glob rolled down the windshield and onto the hood. A small, wet sparrow floated inside, its mouth open as if caught in mid-song. Another thump rocked the car. Mrs. Clooney frowned and looked up at the sky. Star jelly was falling again. Mrs. Clooney shrieked when a golf ball-sized glob landed in her silver hair. Beside Anna, Lindsay began to sob softly. That was Brenda Kazar's Star Jelly, as read by Maureen McLean. Maureen McLean is an Austin musician plucking the bass with acoustic bands, the Therapy Sisters, and a proper cup of coffee. She earns her keep in the courtroom, interpreting real-life terrifying tales from Spanish to English. Thank you, Maureen. Well... Children of the night. The hour is late, and we've run out of tales to tell. For now. Don't forget, you've only got ten days left to enter our Flash Contest. TalesToTerrify.com slash Flash Contest is where you'll find all the details, including a photo of your muse, and how to enter. And if you're not already a supporter, hit up our Patreon page patreon.com slash tales to terrify to check out all the awesome perks from ad-free episodes and bonus content to shout outs and merch want another way to help drop a rating or a review on your favorite podcast app and help us to spread the darkness tales to terrify is produced by seth williams pete morsellino meredith morgenstern julia zellman and myself Drew Sebastini. 
with original theme by Nebulous Entertainment. Tales to Terrify is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Join us again next week as we ease your twisted mind with more Tales to Terrify. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.